Hey, Brad, the chat and the comments going crazy already, Brad. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back to another Trapper Dive podcast, post-game edition, man. I am your host, Molly Mole. And here with the fellas, I think AJ's backstage. We're going to make sure he all set up before we get everything going. But Dre's in here with me right now. Um, obviously we are checking in after a 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Washington falls to three and five, losing two straight. And um, you know, that was an ugly ass fourth quarter, second half to be exact. 28 points that you allowed in the second half to help find your way fumbling, fumbling the game, Washington. Um, Dre, appreciate you. Hopping in early, man. How are you feeling? First off, I'm sorry. Al, two G's, Jerrion. Yeah, it is the first time we on YouTube a lot, brother. That's that's why. <laughs> but but yes, I am on. I, it's a good time. I, I am. We are on uh, Twitch right now. We are on Twitter as well. Um, we do have call in. So if you all are wanting to line up and, and call in, check the YouTube side's description. The link is in there for anybody to call in. Just make sure you have your name so we know how to how to pronounce you or what to say. I don't know. But um, yes, there, there is a link in the description on the YouTube side. So if you want to join up, feel free to join up. We'll have you on. Um, but I see everybody in the comments, man. Appreciate everybody checking in. Dre, I sorry it took so long to get to you, but how are you feeling, big dog? What can you um <laughs> say about today's effort? Actually, I was surprised given everything coming into the game. You know what I'm saying? They was talking about maybe possibly fire sale. And then there was the whole, if they win this game, we're going to, you know, try to push for the playoffs. But if they lose, we're going to trade players. So I kind of expected a shit show. But then again, they came out and they balled in the first half. I mean, they, they gave a better effort than I thought they would. I mean, Sam, despite the late game, thought he had a hell of a game. I mean, I'm actually surprised, but I haven't processed how I felt yet. I'm not really angry. But at the same time, I'm not like, you know, oh, man, you know, moral victory. So it, it, it's a weird feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat. Like I only have one major takeaway from today, and, and it's going to be my one sentence takeaway. So everybody that's in the chats, um, you know, I, I do this on Twitter as well. Let me know what your one sentence takeaway is, uh, and we can kind of go from there. But yeah, like I'm I'm in that same boat, bro. Like I'm I'm not in this space where I'm like, oh, I'm upset. It's it's like matter of fact, Amani, who um I see you backstage. Well, well, well you you first up as soon as we start taking calls. Uh, Amani put it perfectly. Let me go to my I retweeted it. He said it's an when I asked for the one sentence takeaway, it's an evergreen tweet. Out coached again. The challenge was the turning point. That was one part. That was one phase of the game really like hurting Washington, right? Being out coached again. But then secondly. Everything that happened in the game is something that we have seen every single part of the season. So it's like, how many times do you have to talk about it? It's just it, it occurs once in once, like every single week, or finds it finds its way to resurface every single week in, in particular ways. And I think that's kind of the thing that uh, it's it's either frustrating as a fan or it wears down on you. Whichever boat you align on, it, it it just wears down on you. So I think for for me, man, I'm I'm not in that space where I have a a a, a a sense of anger with this loss. Um, and it's not conceding that you lost to Philadelphia, right? Like for me, I'm not conceding that Washington lost to Philadelphia. I think you're in a space where um, like your, your offensive line looked really good. Um, one sack, I think maybe two sacks on the day for, for Sam, how I have the stats right here in front of me. So I can actually just be more specific uh, how I got sacked one time. And that was the strip sack at the end of the game um not too much pressure he was able to navigate the pocket well um your receivers Jahan Terry Curtis all involved on the day um Jahan 
eight catches, 108 yards. For all them people who say he don't separate, he don't do nothing for this team. He's ass. Only two targets that, that wasn't completed to him were throwaways. So eight catches, eight targets, essentially. Um, 108 yards, one touchdown. Terry McLaurin, one touchdown. Two huge drops, by the way. We'll get to that, right? But he's he's involved early in the game. Logan Thomas is involved. Curtis Samuel's involved. Um, from an offensive side of the football, you're talking about a, a, a team who was up until the third quarter, midway in the third quarter, Dre, was as efficient as you could be in a game where Washington, for their sake, needed to win. And they was as efficient as possible. And you, I'm gonna be honest with you, it shouldn't have surprised anybody like the 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 comeback that Philadelphia was capable of, but I did not see the avalanche that occurred defensively and on the offense side of the football with the turnovers um and the coaching blunder. I did not see all of that coming in the second half like an avalanche. I could see it occurring sporadically. <laughs> The avalanche, bro. Hey, Ma, like, you, hey, Ma, like, you y'all funny, are very, bro. y'all are very impressive. Like, how did you do this? You found a way to do this, and 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 kudos, congratulations. But that's kind of where I am, man. It's like you, you found a way to do really good offensively, and it's negated by several, several, several mistakes from players to coaches, uh, defense, um, and then two, several, uh, two, two mainly specifically bad offensive series for the Commanders. Um, contributes to a 38-31 loss. Are, are you forgetting that this team is coached and led by Ron Rivera? How did you not see the avalanche coming? Look, an avalanche is one thing. The oh, movie, you know the movie, the movie was given to you for weeks, for months, for years. You've seen this movie before. Like it's just a different day and time. That's it. Hey, I mean, look, well, you got the floor. We're about to get into our one sentence takeaways after, like, if you got some opening thoughts oh, on, my, the, on the my game. My one yeah. sentence takeaway is oh, walk in your trap, is. take over your trap. <laughs> <laughs> for those who know, no. Uh, yeah, for those who know, no, bro. All right, let, let's go ahead and get it in. Fuck it. Um, look, man, I mentioned Jahan already. What I said? I said eight for 108, bro. Small wins, baby. That, that's that's literally my one sentence takeaway. Um, eight for 108. Uh, I'll stop there. Oh, oh, let me let me let me run. Let me do another another one. And we're going to talk about stats. 17 catches, 305 yards, four touchdowns. A.J. Brown. Who was that? 2023 versus Washington. This oh, year. I was about to say, I said, when I say 17 catches, who the fuck had 17 catches? <laughs> <laughs> I said, hold on. We would have heard about that. <laughs> yeah, I got nervous. I said, how did I miss it? Okay. All right, Joe, yeah. you got the flow. Uh, yeah, my one sentence takeaway, since AJ doing rap lines, I got one for you too. Mob deep, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks, man. They played a halfway game, seven points in the second half. Not going to cut it against a team like the Eagles. Taylor two halves. Taylor two halves, man. Um, Okay, so we do got some callers. Let's get the callers in too, and, and we can continue on with the conversation. So we'll get Amani in first, um, and we can see what his thoughts is. D as well. I see you. Um, if you got a name, or I, I mean, I'll just call you D. It don't don't matter. But if you got a name or something, just put it in the private chat. We'll get you on as well. But let's go ahead and get Amani and let me fix something. All right, here we go. Boom. And Amani is and what's going on with you, big dog? How you feeling? Long time no speak, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> what's up, man? Good to see all y'all. Good to see all y'all. Yeah, what's up? Absolutely, Good brother. You. Good to see you. So I mean, obviously we know we know where we're at. Um, thirty-eight, thirty-one loss. We're we're fresh off the. The triple zeros for the game. Um, callers are in early again. As everybody, if you want to call in, the show is the link is in the YouTube description. You can you can very easily just call in. We'll we'll take the calls or as much as we can within the show. Uh, but Armani, you got the first stab at this man. It, it doesn't matter which direction you go. The floor is yours, man. How are you feeling about the the L? Like you all said, it's not surprising. Like you knew at halftime, you knew at halftime what was going to happen. They had a chance. They didn't challenge that one. No catch. But like. If you take the defense, like they gave up 38 points. And remember, they fumbled twice inside the red zone. They really could have given up 52 points. And then you take that. And when you look at, like, the blitz packages, like, they're really, like, unimaginative. Like, they're not really doing anything special. The linebackers were tipping off their blitzes when they would do the fake snap. I'm not sure the proper term. It's just poor, poor coaching. And then it's just it's frustrating because we know what's going to happen. And then you see Ron sit up there not doing anything. 
And the, the really thing is like the challenge. Every season, I think we have two or three games where he's slow to challenge. Every season. And it's like after four seasons, why? what's the what's the holdup? So Ron Rivera said in the presser that he didn't see the replay. But I, I'm like, you don't need to see the replay. You live at the game. You got the best seat in the house. But aren't there people line, in his ear? Like, people side, should be in his ear. Yeah, your sideline is also telling you no catch. They were right in front of the play. Like, your players are telling you, you don't need to see <laughs> you don't need to see the replay. Like, if you wait to see the replay every time, you're not going to get the opportunity to challenge. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, it's just slow. Like, and then you have like the Eagles. They have all these young rookies flying around the field, making plays and stuff. And we continue holding back our rookies for some unseen reason, like not playing them. It's just, it, it's not working. Oh, or oh, we keep putting our rookies in bad spots, Amani. Yeah. Same thing with Forbes. You know, they keep putting them out there on uh, that, AJ Brown. <laughs> that's like un unimaginative play calling. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, it don't make sense. And then like the defense. I know we say we have a good, good like front four, but you know, eight for thirteen on third downs. We barely got two sacks, and like they could have put up fifty on us easily. They should have put up fifty on us. So I think to to your point with the defensive side of the football, um, if you think about it, like even the the first game against the Eagles, like you you kind of noticed, like the pressure was there. You noticed it, and and for some reason, I don't know. And y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, because I maybe y'all know and, and I missed it. But like clearly something is off with Jalen Hurts. Like he ain't even looking as twitchy or as quick. Like he's he's limping and he's like he's jogging out of the pocket and things like that. And you couldn't even like you couldn't even contain that. And yeah. and, and I think for, for Washington's defense, when you think about John, um uh John and Chase on that side, it's not even a conversation of like Chase Young is abandoning his rush lanes. It's like it's happening with damn near the whole defensive line. Like it's it's so easy for Jalen Hurts to escape the pocket, and it's like, what's exactly going on here? Is some it, it, are people being selfish in the sense of like they want to make the play, um, or are people getting impatient? Um, like I don't know exactly what's going on with the pass rush you mentioned. Our mind, like, what matter of fact, they had two sacks on the day. One of them was a chase down where Jalen Hurts just slid. Um, yes. and and mm -hmm. Chase. Chase, Chase, what tool hill right. <laughs> was 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 on that one. Um, and then like I I just don't I, I don't see where they think and they tried the blitz, they had ineffective blitz, as you mentioned. Um, ineffective blitzes where like you could have done this in previous weeks, not just Jalen Hurts, like you could have done this mm -hmm. in previous weeks. Like the only person you really decided to blitz throughout this season was um Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Like that's the person you actively blitzed. But it's not that much that's really getting home with these other quarterbacks. And, and the question is, why is that? Like, is it because, like, you're hesitant to do it and you're scared about what's going to happen on the back end? You had opportunities to make plays. Your secondary was making plays for a moment. And then things right. changed when AJ took off. But to your yeah. point, man, it, it's just weird. I don't I don't understand, like, how you have this unit up front with, with Chase, Montez, and then the two interior guys, and you weren't able to wreak havoc on that, that Jalen Hurts who doesn't even look healthy. Right. Uh, I think I think it all boils down to scheme. Uh, you're seeing at times some of the players get frustrated within the game uh, being held back. Like they're not being able to actively pursue Jalen Hurts. They're being told to stay within lanes so that he doesn't create like that. That is the issue. So at times you're seeing guys like Sweat, Payne, Young and Allen freestyle like man we see a damn opportunity here on this field to go get the player like why are we sitting back in these lanes and and waiting you feel me like we're trying to make sure that we don't get outside of containment it, it's frustrating for them they're combating against some of the scheme that is being called and play calling even on the blitz you could tell that the blitz that they were even dialing up wasn't even sent to really right to really do anything it was just more so let's just get the ball out of Jalen Hurts hands as, as quick as possible and, and hope for the best when the ball is in the air. It's not necessarily to make a sack on Jalen Hurts. It's just a bad scheme overall. When you keep getting diced up like this, no matter what team you face, it's all coaching. It's all scheme. Uh, let's not even talk about the wide open touchdown to, to Devontae Smith. 
like that's coverage blown. Like your defense is predicated on not giving up the big play and you continuously give up the big play. So yeah. it, it doesn't matter if Emmanuel Forbes is out there, whatever, like, hey man, he he did the best he could do. You feel me? Like today on one touchdown, him and Quan Martin were both on the play together yeah. and got caught on by AJ Brown for a touchdown. Uh Ben St. Juice got caught on for a touchdown. Uh <laughs> everyone was getting everyone was getting theirs on the secondary. Yeah. The secondary yeah. is not good. So it's it's hard to pinpoint it on Forbes or whatever. He barely played any snaps, so we can't even put it on Forbes. It's why are you not bracketing AJ Brown and saying someone else beat us? Right, right. Like, that's it. Like that's I, I call the numbers. I call the numbers. AJ Brown, week four, and now what? What's today's week? Week eight. Yeah, yeah. He has seventeen catches collectively against Washington for three hundred and five yards and four touchdowns. Like, that is unacceptable, bro. Like, no matter what, you should be bracketing him. After even one touchdown, he should not have another catch for the remainder of the game. But they're not doing that. Like, but I think they were coaching. I think they were confident. Um, whether right or wrong, that's not that's that's not the point of what I'm saying, but I think they were confident in uh the fact that they had Ben out there, Kendall out there, and Danny Johnson, who wasn't Emmanuel Forbes. And I thought they they probably thought that they were confident enough to to allow them to do whatever. And then when Forbes came in, I guess they thought that Philly wasn't going to be smart enough to locate him anytime he stepped in on the field because every single time they stepped he stepped in on the field, I said that in the chat like they found him like right. it, it, they couldn't hide him on the field. It's like you line up on AJ Brown. I don't even okay I don't even. okay bet we about to we we go on your way. You better be ready, and I don't care if you're ready or not, bro. AJ finna dog you, bro. But I don't even understand the package that they got for Forbes. Like what, even, what is it? I don't like look. like this. This ain't basketball. You don't have a six man corner. You feel me? Like you don't just toss out a corner out there in the middle of the damn game to go defend the hot hand. Like I don't get it. I don't understand what the what the sub package is. Like yeah. I really don't understand because I didn't see anyone get hurt on those particular plays to pull themselves out. Like I really don't understand it overall. But it is what it is. Like I expected them to lose. I expected AJ Brown to to dog them. <laughs> because it's, bad. it's coaching yeah. it just boils down to coaching but so, look man okay. i mean it's yeah i do have an issue with the scheme i mean we've been talking about that ad nauseum you know throughout jack del rio's tenure here but i mean we can't completely let the players off the hook either i mean i know we talk about how good the philadelphia offensive line is sure but again week after week year after year we always hear how much talent we have on the d-line why can't we, you know, win some, like, yeah, we're playing against a good OL. I mean, but we're supposed to be a good deal. We should be able to win some of these matchups and some of these battles. Yeah, we're not going to go out there and beat them the whole game or, you know, get at them the whole game. But I felt like today they were really a non-factor all day long. And I don't think you could just attribute that to scheme or just, you know, Philadelphia having a great offensive line. Guys just not winning. And that's part of the reason why a lot of fans are just not that upset that these guys are in trade talks right now. But on the flip side of that, you know, if you're talking about the trade deadline coming up this week, these guys didn't look good at all if you wanted to showcase them to, you know, this week against the Eagles, you know. So that, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, go I ahead. Wanted to, I wanted to add to that, though, Dre. Um, and, and, and Armani, I appreciate you calling. I want to make sure you get your you get the last word. Um, we got somebody else calling in, but I want to make sure you get the last word. Uh, but, but Dre, I, I couldn't help but think, like, I, I, it's a theory. It's, it's probably not true. I'm acknowledging all this before I even say it. But I couldn't help but think, like, Maybe my oh Monte has got the other sack. I was like, how did he get sacked twice? But he got sacked at the line of scrimmage, so that was an easy layup. Um, but I'm like, I couldn't help but think that n- nobody on that defensive line was locked in. Like, I, I could I couldn't help but think like maybe they're all concerned about where they're going to be in in the next few days. And 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 Montez was probably one person where it's like um, he probably felt it the most because his name came up the most. There was reports about him being uh, like having solid offers on the table, and I think as of before like pregame I, I got back to my house like around 11 30 12 noon and they said that there was an offer from atlanta falcons on the table for like a third round pick so i couldn't help but think that whether or not i mean you get paid to be locked in it's whatever but it's like maybe they weren't even there and and i'm not i'm not excusing it's, my, it's more so an observation because like what what the hell were y'all doing that's kind of where my head was at yeah i mean i i think man i don't think I don't think any of these trade things are necessarily going to happen. 
I think if there is one guy that could be traded is Jonathan Allen, but I don't see, I don't see Sweater Young being moved. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, they're, the the two guys that we keep talking about trade talks wise are primed to get paid. So it's really not anything to, to really be worried about. <laughs> like it, it's not like you've had the best situation here in Washington, but you're going to go somewhere else. If someone else wants you, they're willing to pay you the big bucks because they know that your contract is expiring at the end of the year. You ain't really stressed about that. Like let people continue to put out their little rumors whatever no one's gonna know if any of these guys are gonna get moved until it actually happens like i just don't i just think that it's just clickbait at this point well well one thing's for sure um and armani i'm, I'm gonna give you the floor right quick but one thing's for sure they said last night reportedly ron was like it depends on if we win or lose the eagles game how i'm about to move well guess what you lost buddy <laughs> so 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 let's find out what the hell you finna do uh and in, in, in the next few days about about this defensive line since you had to wait to see how y'all was gonna play against <laughs> against the Eagles. But Armani man, I want to give you the floor, man. Last uh any last thoughts, any last things on, on what you which however you want to like mm-hmm. first off, because this whole season, like how are you even I'll ask you a question and you could take take it from where, but how are you even like handling this season given the circumstances surrounding the team? Like we're what's up? Um, so I'll answer that first. Like, so this season, I mean, the biggest win for us is getting rid of Dan Snyder. So that's the biggest win. So we kind of start off ahead. But, you know, you still want to see them play well. They got talent and it, it gets kind of frustrating. Um, so, you know, and especially games where they could win if they actually had good coaching. Um, so that's kind of how I'm handling this season. But I'll say two things and then I'll be out. Like, I thought Sam Howell played good enough to win today, for sure. Like, you know, it was good, quick, made good throws. I thought the throw to Logan Thomas was an extremely good throw. So I thought he played good enough to win. You know, he made some mistakes and maybe missed some reads, like on that fourth down when he could have come off of it and go to, I think it was Samuel in oh, the, the slot. Fourth one, yeah. yeah, but besides that, you know, good enough to win. Um, but it comes on the coaching because you saw what Daryl Green said pregame. He said, you know, if I spend 10 minutes with Forbes, I can help him out. And that's like interesting. What are you seeing that the coaches aren't seeing? Why isn't anyone helping him out? And I just think that this regime has left a lot of the younger players out to dry, played favorites, and it just continues to rear their rear its head. And, you know, I'm kind of kind of over it because it's the old old school way of like managing people and players. And that's not the way the new um, the new era works with dudes. like you have to help them. You, you can't be playing favorites. So I'm going to say that. First, finally, like I appreciate the work you're all doing, because I know during these losing seasons, it's hard to show up every week and everything. So I know we got a long season ahead. Eight, eight, nine more games. So I'll be here with you. But. Props to you all, and I don't think – I think maybe Sweck is trade, but that's it this week. Okay. Well, Amani, you already know, man. We appreciate you always uh, showing your support, so I appreciate you calling in. We're glad to finally have these call-ins back. It took me long enough, but we're here, man. So definitely appreciate you it. checking in, Amani. Ah, sucks, right. sucks it had to come after a loss, but, hey, man, you're here. Cool. <laughs> all right, boss, man. You take care. All right. Later, y'all. All right, Amani. All right. Um, so there is Amani – um again if you all want to call in the links are on the youtube side in the description so you can definitely um tap in through that side we do have somebody else as well that's waiting in the comments i mean see wait, waiting backstage that's, that's about to come up soon um so he'll have a four in a second uh but there are some post-game quotes that are coming out at this point um aj mentioned yeah i'm looking at that one now uh, he never saw. Matter of fact, let's actually hear what he said. He has thirty seconds here, so let's kind of let's kind of hear what what um, uh, Ron Rivera had to say specifically about that play and share the audio. And here we go. Uh oh. Why is it not? Am I tripping? I know I'm not tripping. Oh, it's, it's muted, my bad. All right, here we go. <laughs> you didn't, why did you not challenge that? Because I didn't see it on the screen. I was looking up the screen to see if there's somebody that could help me with it. And then I was waiting to hear somebody upstairs, you know, did you see it or not? And we hadn't seen the replay yet. So we weren't sure. So we just, you know, they did their hurry up, ran to the line, and snapped the ball. And, you know, I was thinking that amount of time and somebody else could have looked at it. I saw it apparently. I mean, I, I, I still don't know whether it was or wasn't wasn't complete no what are your emotions 
Ron, Ron is a funny dude, man. That is a funny dude. He stuttered till you saw him. He said, I, I, I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, here's my thing. Someone, someone was talking just now. Yeah, Ron. We heard that. We heard the Ron quote, man. With uh, I, I ain't hear that doo doo head. <laughs> I don't get it, bro. Like, my my thing is, saw so the the Jahan dot the Jahan drop. Like, whether I think mean, I understand people gonna be frustrated with the the way the refs kind of maneuvered, um, with some of their calls and and, and changing some things up. Like, I, I get it, um, but I think for even in that situation with the uh the Jahan, Jahan dr- drop right um i can see why it could from from that last angle that they showed like after the initial catch or whatever um or after the play initially happened like i can see why you can think or like especially if it's inconclusive why why it can be considered a drop right um it it looked like the ball hit the ground but you don't know if his arm is under it right whether or not if you think it's a catch or not, that's besides the point. But for Ron, in that situation, a challenge, given you need your timeouts, you really need your timeouts then, as opposed to taking a risk on a fourth down where you're not certain. And everybody, because I saw this reported from somebody who was there, um, everybody is screaming on the sideline that it was incomplete and you had to wait for a replay to try to tell you to throw that flag like that's kind of where my head is like i i for, i don't I, i'll never forget like last year right um or maybe it's two years ago dre's always good at this like the memory thing remember he was getting yelled at or something like that um because he did it was the Devontae smith it was last year against philly deja like, vu brad he <laughs> he he didn't call he didn't throw the flag and then the very next week he said he called he threw the challenge flag that it was even though it was, it was, um, he lost the challenge, but he threw the challenge flag. People asked him why he did it. He said, "Well, I didn't want to be in the opportunity like I was last week when when I didn't call it the challenge." Like, I like sometimes these things, like it just like the, the strategy is there is no strategy, but it's just so confusing because it's like, why would you even put yourself in that position, bro? Just throw the flag. Like at least, at least then if you miss on it, you don't have like two plays later they score, bro. At least if you miss on it, bro, like you know what type of situation you are. When Sam Howe gets the ball and you're down seven points at that situation late in the game, whether you got to punt it or whether you got to play deep or whether you got to go for it, like you know even further. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I just didn't, I just didn't understand the whole logic behind even throwing a challenge late in the game versus not throwing it when Devontae Smith fourth and one or fourth and See, whatever. Ma, that's um, last year when it happened. Like you said, it happened in the same exact scenario in a sense with Devontae Smith. I felt like. Ron was done or he was checked out at that point. And then here we go a year later and it's the same scenario, same situation. And in this situation, it was literally the turning point of the game. Like, I mean, I think that you may have a whole different ball game if you challenge that and it comes up incomplete. Because like you said, they ended up scoring a couple of plays later. They don't score in that drive. Washington has all of the momentum back in their favor and the score you know, doesn't seesaw the way it ended up seesawing throughout this game, I think. You know, at least that's my opinion. But that's a turning point in the game. And that's the type of stuff where you just can't have. The head coach is literally out here costing you games at this point. Like, I mean, that's two situations. I mean, even though this is a year apart, but this is two situations where your head coach is leaving things on the field that's hurting the team. And he's acknowledging it or he's coming up with some excuse that makes no sense. Like I say, he just stuttered just now. Like, oh, it was like he was trying to come up with something like, you know, I don't know what, what to say because he knows. I mean, come on now. He, he knew that it was a catch. He, now he wants to act like he didn't know it was a catch. That's the type of stuff Ron gets himself in trouble with doing that. But again, we all seen it. Every And, and my thing was, like I said, who's in his ear? Because I thought the challenges probably come from the booth or whatever. It's like, you know, someone had to be saying something. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But like you said, that's on the head coach at the end of the day. He's costing you out there, man. AJ, have you got any last thoughts before we get uh, our second guest in here? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get uh, D-Nice in here. Uh, D-Nice is checking in. Appreciate you waiting. Uh, The floor is yours. Anything? That's anything and everything that's on your mind with the commanders. Uh, you steer the conversation, big dog. 
All right, man. Thank y'all for having me on, man. Listen, I'm so frustrated right now. Um, cause I've been doing this, man, since 1987. Okay. Like, and since 87, I've been doing this. I've been on this train. All right. Now with this regimen, I feel like, um, I don't know if y'all ever seen this movie. It's like a, a, a early, a early nineties movie. It's like a group of aliens of old people and they just, uh, end up on earth what is the name of this movie man somebody in the comments will know but i feel like that's what we, that's what happened to our culture staff we got like a group of these geritol old people and they just like took over the culture staff because it's like y'all keep saying well is it somebody in his ear like when that when that when that that drop happened somebody in his ear and somebody has to be in your ear for it the the, the sideline to react the way they did that's that's hint one right that hit two is the Eagles running back to the ball and trying to get on the ball and rush this play. How many hits do you need to say, hey, hold on, let me let me go ahead and take this chance and throw this flag? And if I'm wrong, then I'll be wrong on that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Sam has really no chance um, with this coaching staff. Now, I see him progressing and stuff like that. I'm happy with the offense. I'm not really happy with EB, but that's a whole nother situation um i feel like uh he gets past happy we four from one in our own territory why are we dropping back we've been running the ball great all more all day why are we dropping back on four from one y'all like am i the only one that feels like we should have ran the ball right there um nah i i was in that space too like i i i talked to aj to you like we all know like curtis samuel on the coverage bus curtis samuel got open deep but like if i had five times to run a fourth and one in that situation, I honestly would probably throw it. I mean, excuse me, uh, run it four times out of five or maybe even like, five what, times what, out of five. So even, I, I, from even us, if we're going to do that, what happened to the re-option? Didn't we just get a first I mean, down? I, with re- I, like, I disagree, I disagree with, I disagree with that. Cause like that was, that was a perfect play call and fourth and one, you don't want to be typical and just try to run the ball. Like it's not guaranteed either. No matter how big of a running back, we we view Brian Robinson to be, but Curtis Samuel was wide open for six for a touchdown, right? And there was other players open, even in the motion. He could have hit, he could have hit him in the flag, could have done a lot of other things besides waiting on Terry to beat his man one on one. I agree. Yeah, it, I think just, the main thing was him locking on to Terry. Like that wasn't. That's why I was yeah. like, you can you can you can call a you can call a run play, which is what I would prefer. But at the same time. Like you can't like you as in us, you can't ignore the fact that you know if you lock on to a receiver, like you're giving up on all the other routes that's out there. Like you gotta keep a play alive if he's not open. You got yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I guess just to chime in, I don't think we could really say anything about the offensive play calling today. Honestly, I don't even want to hear anybody talk about running the ball. They were effective enough in the passing game. Uh, and they they had a, a good amount of runs that were, you know, not used to. Brian Robinson ran for his longest run of his career, 29 yards. I just think, uh, you know, when it really came down to it, Sam Howell didn't make the necessary plays. Some people don't blame it on Terry McLaurin for dropping passes, but, I mean, Terry McLaurin is standing straight up. Like, if, if you got to dive down to the ground to go get a ball – that tells you that it's a bad throw. And you can also see the footwork on these passes with clean pockets, with clean clean space around him. It, it's kind of confusing why the ball is coming out like that. Either way, man, it's just a, a poor coach game. I agree. Uh, from the defensive side of the ball and managed by Ron Rivera. You got to do a better job of, uh, of managing the clock and managing the situations. The Eagles, The Eagles let them off the hook. When they got the ball back with four minutes down, for whatever reason, they decided to pass the second and third down. They could have just ran that clock all the way down for real. Yeah. And they only had two timeouts at that four-minute four, uh, four minute mark. So that just goes to show you how poorly the game was managed because before they went for that fourth down, Ron Rivera called a timeout, which is stupid. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, I just feel yep, like the, the, yep. the last thing I want to say before I go, fellas, is I feel like um, point blank, we can say what we want to say. I feel like if Ron Rivera challenges that, 
call right there, and we stopped them. That was fourth down. We have all the momentum at midfield. I think we win this game. That's just my personal opinion. I, I mean, honestly, the the fourth down, man, it was it was a situation. Fourth and one, excuse me, it was a situation. I keep saying fourth and one. Um, the cha- the non challenge from from Ron. I think that was that was clearly like a turn. Where were they? Where were they at on the field? The, the they was Eagles like broke? on the fifty. It was like midfield somewhere, like. In between, the oh, yeah. Let me take it. Let me take a look. Yeah, let me take a look. Even that, that'll be even worse. Like, you're talking about midfield, and let me double check. Where are they? 17 7. All right, here we go. Fourth and yeah, fourth and four. Oh, they was at Washington's, yeah, Washington 45 yard line. That's what oh, the, my lord. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah. Fourth and Y'all four at the 45. Man. Hey, appreciate you, D. I appreciate That's you love coming through, big dog. Yep. All right, so, um, yeah, man. Fourth and four at the 45 yard line, bro. Like you never know what that means because you're seven, you're talking about 17 10. You're up with damn near half a field to go. Um, and at that point, Washington was still efficient, still moving the ball. Um, and and I think that was a really good site for or a really good uh position for Washington to be in, um, the way they were moving at that point. Um, Angel, you mentioned like I'm glad we were able to touch on like Sam Howe for a split second. Um, I, I want to dive into that for a second before we get our next guy in. Um, again, as always, uh, we we got probably got time for like one or two more uh, callers. If you want to call in, you can check the YouTube description, um, and the link will be in there for you to join up. Uh, if if you have an alias or something like that, and and you, you want us to, I don't know, if you got a name, a specific name that you go by, or whatever, just let us know in the private chat when you when you jump on. But um, okay, you mentioned Sam Howell, AJ, and, and I think. Uh, I want to talk about his day for a second. Um, Armani, Armani started off pretty well. Like it, it was a really good day for for Sam Howe. Um, for the most part, what thirty nine to fifty two, three hundred ninety seven yards, four touchdowns, uh, sacked one time. Really good, really good day for Sam and the offensive line. Um, Tyler Larson came in, played uh, okay. Uh, 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 um. Charles or Chris Paul came in, played okay as well. Um, I, I think these were I don't know what this what this means long term in terms of the rest of the season long term. I don't know what that means if they'll be able to sustain um or or start mitigating the, the pressures and sacks that he has. But I also think that um Eric Bienemy did a really good job early mm-hmm. and often of giving uh Sam Howe different angles to throw from. He got him, he got him outside the traditional pocket. Um, but also Sam Howe was able to move the ball from uh, receivers to receivers, like working mismatches, um, seeing the field relatively well early on. Right. Um, and, and I can't take that away from him. And when I say early on, I actually want to say even throughout the game, I think the issue with 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 his 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 bad moments of today, which I, I can't really. It's like. I don't I don't even want to say this word. It's so toxic. Like I can't. I it's like a certain quarterback that we're familiar with. Like you have a good day throughout the whole day, and then it's that one drive where it's like, oh my god, like that—that's the one we. That's the play that we weren't, we weren't that we you were expecting. Say, Kirk, and Kirk Cousins. Hey man, it was it was that type of it was, like you had a hell of a day, and then we had two turnovers for you at the end, man, a pick and a, and a strip set. <laughs> like, like it was it was it was like it was that type of day for for Sam Howe, and 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 now while I don't want to say that they're both they're like. Right, I'm not comparing the two exactly. It's just a familiar day uh, that we've seen. Like he had a hell of a day uh, before a young quarterback and Sam being able to uh, uh, fight back consistently throughout the day, even when the lead started to change from Philly to Washington and, and battling back and forth. Like he stayed in it, he stayed locked in. Uh, it's just unfortunate the way things ended for him when the game was actually on the line. Uh, having those two two bad throws to Terry. I think for those who are wondering if Terry should have caught it, I, I think all of that is is a important conversation. But I think if there was any 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 pass that he should have caught, it should have been the second one. But it doesn't even matter because both those passes, uh, Terry McLaurin is wide open in the void of the, the the zone void. So like there shouldn't be an instance where Terry has to have to reel a pass that's about to skid the dirt behind him, and and that's kind of where it's like. You you don't need those opportunities or to to be squandered like that, um, and, and that's kind of where it's like that's where the day kind of went left, like it went downhill, 
Um, but at the same time, overall, a good day is just unfortunate that those two uh, two plays in that sequence happened when the game was on the line for Washington um, at the end of fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was Sam's best day as well. But it's, it's funny because this is actually him and EB have both had both of their best games of the season against the Eagles. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. I mean, the first Eagles game, I thought both of them did well. Um, but this game was even better in the sense that you kind of slowed up the pace for that sack record. I mean, at least we probably, you know, slowed that talk down for one week because you only had one sack this week, which is progress, man. You know, you want to see Sam at least be held upright. Sam made a number of incredible throws today, man. I mean, he he does that. You know, you, you'll see that from Sam, you know. Um, but the thing you kind of worry about with Sam is when is that mistake coming? But today I wasn't too upset about it because at some point in the game they're pressing and as many times you're dropping them back and he's going to make a mistake at some point he's still young I mean it's hard to ask it got to be perfect when he's going out there throwing the ball 50 times I mean you know I'm I'm as impartial as they come on Sam you know I'm you know hard on them when it you know time calls for it but a game like today, I just thought Sam was really solid, man. I mean, for as many passes that you dropped him back on. I even saw instances where, you know, he stepped up and made runs, you know, uh, to get out of trouble. Like, I mean, that was something that was kind of missing in some of those weeks where he was taking a lot of those sacks. Um, I, the offensive line, man, I don't know if Tyler Larson makes that big of a difference, man, but you've seen it today. I mean, the, the protections was a lot better. I mean, they were picking up the free runners uh, much better than they had in previous weeks so i mean shout out to the interior line for you know keeping them up right in that sense but again like i said like i said sam he can make the throws man like he can make any throw you know but it's some throws you would like to see him have back um you know he overthrew pringle earlier in the game that was uh six points right there yeah yeah um that was that was one you like to have back yeah i think it was another one he may have had but again i'm not gonna harp too much on that because like i said he you know sam was giving him a chance today man i mean as far as much as they dropped him back and then eb eb i mean the quick game man this is the stuff we've been kind of asking for all season we finally see it. You're getting the ball out of Sam's hands quicker. You're running, a, uh, you know, more bubble screens. You know, just getting creative like that instead of just having them drop back with these routes that are so long developing. You know, I thought EB, like I said, he he helped them out a lot. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if this is a coincidence with the Eagles because that's two games that they've both been on the money against the Eagles. Now is the time. Can you be consistent? You know, especially next week, you know, got the Patriots coming up. Can these two guys right here string together consecutive performances? Because I don't think we've seen that this season from either one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think the matchup is favorable for Washington because just like how Jack Del Rio wants his front four to get home, that's exactly how the Eagles are approaching it from a defensive standpoint. They want their front four to get home. So it makes Sam how comfortable. He's not necessarily worried about a blitz. If anything... Uh, it's more so the the edge rush or the the interior rush and just being able to read the zone coverages that the linebackers would be playing in the secondary. So that's why you've seen them look like a more efficient offense in these two matchups against the Eagles, uh, because they're not going to sway away from what, you know, they traditionally have been doing defensively. Uh, but whenever you go against another team that that doesn't mind dialing up that blitz, it's going to look different no matter if uh, you change up the offensive lineup. Some think Sam Howe played, uh, played a, a solid enough game, but you still want to eliminate those turnovers. Uh, whether it came at the end, the strip sack fumble, that interception was big time. Like they automatically were in the red zone after that interception. Um, you know, that's, that's just from, that's just from locking in the one guy instead of reading the field. You force the ball to Terry when Jahan Dawson is, is screaming. Jahan right Dawson. He's, he's screaming right across your face. Uh, and even those those last two, uh, those last two throws to Terry McLaurin, it was all footwork. Like, the ball had no drive on it. It was a wobbler. It was inaccurate and low because of footwork. And he had no reason to have any issues because the pocket was clean. Like, or the movement that he, he made to – get himself away from rushers, he was clean. So it's just pretty interesting on him overall. Uh, you know, Maul didn't really want to say Kirk Cousins, whatever the case is. But, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's a roller coaster. Like, that's that's really how the Sam Howe experience is. It's a roller coaster. You just really don't know 
what's coming next, but you can kind of gauge a, a at some point here he's going to force a throw and this team is going to get an opportunity to turn the ball over. And that's exactly what happened. It's like what? Washington, what? go ahead. No, go no. You're done. I, I mean, you, you go ahead because I was about to talk about some shit that ain't even got to do with what you said. Oh yeah, right. I was just gonna say like Washington. You know, they they tried the best that they could. When you stop the team twice in the red zone from scoring, like you should win that game. When you score 31 points offensively, you should win that game. Curtis Samuel ended up even uh um being out for the game. I think in the third quarter. And you were still able to be productive. We we haven't even touched on the fact you keep missing guys deep for some reason. Like that's supposed to be his best throw, and it's it's really frustrating me because that is his best throw. But he keeps missing guys deep. Pringle should have had six in today's game. Like I don't know what what it is, but overall, it's like you know it's just a roller coaster with Sam Howell. Oh, that's, no. that's just what it is. I just accidentally saw. It. I've been purposely trying to avoid the. Kirk Cousins replay of the injury. Um, but I got automatic video playing on my, my desktop <laughs> while I'm while I'm scrolling for goddamn quotes. Um, okay, yeah, that was that's unfortunate. Um, damn, okay. That's the All first right, so, serious injury in his career, too. I don't think he's ever had yeah. a serious injury before. Yeah. Hell no, yeah, hell no, man. Um, okay, so we do got Ant they in might, here. They, they might pack him up, honestly. It might. Because because well, he was on his Achilles, last year, wasn't he? Yeah, a, a torn Achilles going into November. He's not gonna be ready before the start of the season, and he's gonna be a free agent. God bless, man. Hey, um, we see he made a lot of money, man. He did. Uh damn, that's true, bro. Like November, torn Achilles, bro, free agent. Factor his age as well. What is he like 35? 30, yeah, 35, yeah, 36, I be 36. Yeah. Anyway, we got Ann in here. Uh, and appreciate you waiting. Appreciate your patience, big dog. The floor is yours, man. Anything, everything that you got on your mind with the, the commanders, man, the floor is yours. You you, you, uh, you get to guide the conversation. Man, I appreciate y'all Love me on the show. Uh, Already. I just had a few things to uh, bring up for real. First thing, like I brought up in the comments, the O-line, you know, was playing better today. I saw Chris Paul was actually stout against them bull rushes. Sam actually had a pocket to step into. Uh, the center. Uh, what's his name? Larson. Yeah, Larson. Larson not getting blown back into the into the quarterback. You know, he actually got some time to throw now. So, I'm trying to figure out where the evaluation on with the old line of why Sadiq Charles was starting the whole year, but you know, this coaching staff not going to be here next year. So, um, <laughs> That's in true. terms of the game, other than that. If Terry wants to be considered an elite receiver, you got to catch those passes. Um, he has to. They both both of them hit his hands. I don't care how how bad the throws were. You want to be considered elite, a top dog. You got to make those plays. Just like we was getting on Jahan last week, the ball hit his hands. Same thing goes for Terry. Um, that's all I got to say in terms of the game. But since this season's over, I just want to hear your opinions on the uh, trade situations going on. Like y'all brought up, Kurt got hurt. Which I think about Brissett to the Vikings now, and maybe I heard some Montez going, going somewhere. Maybe Jonathan Allen. What y'all think about that? Appreciate y'all. Well, hey, well, before you jump, before, uh, I'm gonna jump in real what? quick. Like, I think I hate when people say like you got to catch that. Like, if you standing straight up and someone throw the ball at your damn feet where you got to dive down to the ground. I don't think that should be an automatic catch. Like that shouldn't be viewed I, as an automatic I, catch. I think it's nuanced. The receiver got to make those catches. I, I think it's nuanced. I don't think I don't think Ant wrong. I don't think AJ wrong. Right, but I think right. I think in the context of like understanding how difficult some things are. Like for example, I put this. I I and and I'll I'll say this because I know AJ and and Dre have never heard me talk like this. I I play flag ball. Uh, I play receiver and flag ball. Right. And like, and even just outside of that, just understanding like how a game works and how football works. Like imagine you as a receiver is just running a route and your momentum is taking you. I'm I'm making up something. So not even specific to what just happened with Terry, but your, your momentum is taking you to the sideline or maybe your momentum is taking you towards the end zone in which you're going to. Right. And you get a ball that's underthrown or that's to your, your inside shoulder 
when you're going to the sideline, the opposite sideline, and you have to adjust in a way that's clearly uncomfortable for anybody to make that make that adjustment, right? Sometimes when you do reach out to make a catch right there, it's not the easiest thing to do. And and it's never it's never easy for even a, a reliever, a, an elite receiver to do. And and sometimes when it's bad passes like that, like those situations, bro, it don't matter if you're in the NFL or if you're playing flag football, those passes are fucking difficult to make no matter who you are because it's all about like it's literally a momentum thing trying to adjust with something where your your forward momentum is taking you one way and you have to adjust to something where it's taking you or or the, the football is taking you another way now i like i said that was a whole separate example from what happened to terry but like adjustments is the whole main thing some adjustments aren't easy to make and that's kind of where it's like ant isn't wrong but neither is aj uh-huh. And I wanted to chime in a little bit on that, too, because Terry, we've seen him make even more difficult catches than that. And then on top of that, you know, last week, same situation. I thought Sam Howell could have gave Jahan Dotson a better ball last week, but also Jahan Dotson, he he can catch that pass. Even though it's behind him, he can catch that. And people got on Diami Brown earlier in the season when Sam missed him on a deep route. And they were saying, you know, it was off his fingertips. It was the tip of his fingertips. But people were saying Diami could reach out for that. So we got to kind of hold Terry to that same standard. I mean, he's supposed to be the number one guy here. And like we said, we've seen Terry make tougher catches than that. And both times, you know, to your point, AJ, he got on the ground both times. Like he wasn't, uh, yeah, he was standing up at some point, but Terry was able to adjust and get low enough to whereas his hands were around the ball. Should the throw have been better or could the throw have been better? Absolutely. I do think the throw could have been better. But does Terry make tougher catches? And can he make those two catches? Yes, Terry can make those catches, and he should. Bro, it's water, bro. <laughs> hey, come <laughs> on. It's just water, bro. But, um, yeah, I mean, to, to touch on even the trade aspect, um, you know, before, before we move on, but when it comes to trading, man, I personally wouldn't move on from Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I think that whoever would possibly come in here to be the new head coach and GM can see the potential that these guys have collectively playing together. It's hard to have um, top tier pass rushers in this league that have youth on their side. And you, you, you don't really want to just get rid of that easily, whether you plan on keeping one or, or trading, not even trading. Cause I mean, the deadline's Tuesday, but it's like, you can keep both in the fold and see what you have and be able to move on next year. You don't necessarily have to hit the panic button and do that now. I do think if they are to trade someone, it should be Jonathan Allen. He has a friendlier contract to move, uh, more accepting for a team. You could get better draft capital than you would uh, trade in the sweat or young. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I think it's. I think it would be easier to get a D tackle to play alongside Payne and still have Sweat and Young versus trying to replace either Sweat and Young or both of them on the on the uh, edge side of the, the defensive line. But, AJ, I disagree. I mean, I do agree that you can get draft capital for John Allen, but how much better draft capital can you get for Allen than you would get for a Young or Montez? I think you know, a lot of teams will look at the edge rusher position as a more premium than an interior lineman position. And plus, I mean, these guys, especially Chase situation, Chase is what, 23, 24 years old. He's going to get paid regardless. And if you as a team are jumping out there to trade for him, you could still probably get a steal for the guy, even if you gave up a second round pick and you're still paying them at this point. Like, I mean, if they think that he has that potential that a lot of teams, you know, may think he has, I don't think the the fact that they would have to pay him would deter him too much because you know he's a if he if he's gonna be the guy if he can be the guy you think he's gonna be that premier edge rusher, it's a no brainer for a lot of teams. I don't think John Allen is necessarily gonna fetch you a lot better draft capital. You know it may be comparable, but I don't think it'll be anything you know significant. Dre, who who would you rather have if you if you're on the trade block and you need a pass rushing DM? Would you rather have Daniel Hunter? Or Montez Sweat. Who who's gonna be cheaper to get? Because I'm sure a team will take either one. Yeah, but I'm just but I'm just saying if we they they both pass rushes, right? They both got different, they got different statistics. But I'm just saying if if the third if a third round pick is 
what's been put out there rumor wise, right? That's what we mm-hmm. started. We started off kind of like the show saying that Montez yeah. has been rumored to be um, on the table, third round pick from the Atlanta Falcons. That's not enough for me to to give up on Montez Sweat. Like, if I can get a second round pick for Jonathan Allen or even possibly a first, I'm doing it. But if it's not more than the third round pick for any of these guys, I can't even consider it. They're like, they, there's no point of even going back in text or having a, a further phone conversation because you're also going to get compensatory picks. So it's like it, it has to bring real value there if you're going to yeah. move these guys. That's that's my whole thing. Plus, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Ron Rivera doing the negotiation uh, for any of these guys. Like it, it just doesn't make sense for me. So that's where all of the trade talk is very intriguing because it's like who is who is making these calls and who is actually negotiating these deals because we don't expect these people to be around. How can they be the one to to ship off assets? And uh, oh, Dre, you got the floor, and then Ant, uh, you asked us the question, but I want to make sure you get your answer in too before you uh, before you leave. So I want to make sure you go. Uh, but Dre, if you had any last, no, um, I was I was going to say to AJ's point. You know, initially that's been my stance as far as I don't think that you know these guys who won't be here should be overseeing you know assets for the future. But I'm starting to think if this there's any truth to maybe these you know these guys are being shopped around or some of the reports are saying the commanders are initiating some of these trade conversations, then I'm thinking that there must be some kind of trusted advisor in Josh Harris' ear, you know, basically saying we can oversee this for you, we can approve. Like instead of giving Ron the final word or the final say on any kind of assets that you can bring back, maybe this trusted advisor is in the Harris group's ear saying, hey, I'll review any trade you sent through. I mean, that's wishful thinking, but I'm just assuming with all of the chatter out there because, you know, the talk before again was, hey, if we win, we'll go for a playoff push. But if not, we're going to have a fire sale. A fire sale with a coach that's not interested in a fire sale because he won't be here after the year just doesn't make sense to me. So the only way I can make sense of that is to say that there must be someone that Josh Harris trusts that may be reviewing or having the final review of any trade compensation that may come back. And I don't know if that may be the guy that they just hired this past week, the analytics guy. Who knows? But it could be somebody behind the scenes as well. And you got the floor, big dog. I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining us. Um, if you got comments on your your question about trade moves or anything, um, with with the trade deadline approaching, uh, let it let us know what you what you thinking, big dog. Yeah, just one last thing before I go. You know, again, I appreciate y'all letting me on the show. Um, Bradley Chubb, if I'm not mistaken, got a first and a third. So I'm not quite understanding why we're only expecting to get a third. For sweat or young, me personally, I wouldn't trade any of them. Honestly, um, I just get a new coaching staff, wait till next year because I like AJ. I believe it was AJ was saying. Yeah. I think an actual defensive coach could show how elite this team could really be. But you know, that's it for me. Appreciate y'all. Already, man. Appreciate you calling in. Um, okay, so for us, um, and, and I guess for me too, like I'm, I'm in this space. The, the best point and takeaway from the, the trade conversation is bro like a third ain't enough um you 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 took you took montez and you took chase and you took all of them in the first round and all of them to some point have shown their their value to be more than a third round pick like first round is completely debatable i think the only one that you can think of a first round is deron Payne, uh jonathan allen you can probably probably finesse the first out of somebody some sucker um, but you can definitely get a first with Deron. I'm not saying trade Deron though. I'm just saying that's probably the only person that's worth one. Um, but outside of that, like, yeah, I, I don't see any like who is worth like. First of all, that's just malpractice to allow anybody to move on from a third on that defensive line because first off, you lose clearly in terms of the investment that you made and the return on investment that you'll make. You'll ultimately end up making slash losing. Um, and and then like I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out like. What is it worth for for Ron to even do it now? So while I did initially say in the show, like we'll see what Ron does, I don't mean I'm okay with him moving. I've always been on the stance of like I don't want Ron touching anybody on this roster, but it's not because I think that these guys can do better with a new coaching staff. I honestly think we've seen enough to know who they are. Um, I think Chase Young is is develop or still trying to find navigate and like find his way in the sense of. 
Um, can he can he win with pure like explosion slash burst? Is he a power rusher? Does he have a little bit of a game, a mixed bag? Um, but I think Montez Sweat is who he is. I think John Allen is who he is, and, and Deron Payne, for that matter, is who he is. That don't mean that those aren't all negatives. It's just like literally, you'll like combine. They just aren't as effective as a as a defensive line unit, and you can move on from that. You have to find somebody on that defensive line or two people on that defensive line that you'll cling to and that you can build around. But outside of that, everybody else got to go. Um, it's too it's too much high assets on that thing where you where you got to move on. But I would rather a new coach, a new general manager make those decisions, but not Ron Rivera. And I'm okay with them uh, making those decisions, like missing their their end season window. I'm okay with with them missing that. Um, perfectly fine with that. And I was going to say the last thing for me is that I'm probably in a minority with this, but honestly, I sweat is the only one I probably would accept a third for. Cause I don't know if sweat has really played up to the ability enough that you could say, Hey, well, he definitely has to command a second. Now chase on the other hand, I'm not giving chase up anything less than a second. I wouldn't take a third for chase young, but Montez sweat. I think I will be okay with taking a third from him. And you might could even get something else like a kind of the Trent Williams package for a Montez sweat. I mean, that probably sounds reasonable a third and a fifth or something, but the rest of those guys, no, I wouldn't take anything less than a second round pick. Um, yeah, that, that's about it for me too. But I want to make sure. So Jay mentioned that it ain't no next year. Both D's are free agents. Uh, to be clear for everybody in the chat, every single defensive end is, is is a free agent on this team. Honestly, like even the backups are are free agents too. Want to be clear though. Um, like decisions, you don't have to move both of them. Like that's the most important thing. Like there is a next year. Uh, you can you can you can make a move and and allow. First off, you can make a move and allow one of them to go. You'll get a third round pick in 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 free agency, which is abysmal, given the situation that you're in, right? But at the same time, you can also decide to sign and trade. You can also decide to to extend both of them in in whichever way, whether it's a franchise tag or giving somebody some money and then making a move down the line. Like there's there's other ways that you can think about it. What's the most effective way? Um, we won't have to brainstorm on that one right now. Um, I, I think trading in season can work, but again. I I'm not doing anything for for less than a second. Like that's just that's just is what it is. Um so I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um yeah, folks okay. folks, folks got to remember Washington isn't paying a quarterback premium dollars. So you can really keep whoever you want to keep. <laughs> but this team got a lot of free agent decisions to make on Curtis Samuel, Young, Sweat, Curl, Fuller, yeah, you got a lot of decisions to make on how you plan on moving, and you got a lot of money that you could spend in free agency next year, too. And my last closing thoughts on this is, honestly, I, I have no attachment to any of these players, man. I don't care yeah, who yeah, gets traded. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't care who gets traded at this point. Even, you know, I know as Commanders fans, we have this thing where we're kind of worried about what a player is going to do when he lives leaves here. But at this point, I don't even care about that because I think everybody probably can do for a change of scenery. Washington, I mean, we're going to get our change of scenery when we, you know, um, hopefully get a new coaching staff, new front office. And some of these players just need a new change of scenery in a sense too. So, I mean, I wouldn't lose any sleep, even if some of those guys go off and they, you know, be good elsewhere. I just think everyone probably could do, you know, for that change of scenery. I, um, I think we're done here. I think, I think we're done. Um, I think this is a well-rounded conversation. You know, I appreciate everybody who tapped in everybody in the chat, man, from start to finish. I appreciate y'all, uh, giving us y'all, y'all input as well, making the show, go along appreciate everybody who called in as well um we're going to try and keep those going every single game every single post game take a couple call-ins man uh, and, and try to reestablish those for the show so we definitely appreciate that man um if you haven't done so like subscribe uh if you're on the audio side make sure you give us a rating and review if you haven't done so man it takes two seconds shows your support right we definitely appreciate that i appreciate the donation as well um i gotta pull up your name and give you some credit on air because you blessed us with the the um film session where is it at matt brown man appreciate you showing some love um through the film session so uh that's gonna wrap it up for us we'll be back tuesday uh and then thursday for the pregame so dre aj man y'all take it easy y'all be safe man hope y'all parlays hit my well dre i hope your parlays hit bro I'm One of AJ. Them did. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, hey, congratulations, bro. I'm 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 holding on by a thread here with my last one. But but you know, bro, it was actually bittersweet because my the, the closing of the parlay I won today was Sam Howell throwing the interception. I didn't think he would throw when he did it, but hey, it won me some money, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, bro, that had to be dude, the most surprising bro. win ever, bro. He's a sick dude. Is sick. Hey, that's one way to end the show, man. We out here. Y'all enjoy y'all Sunday, man. Peace. Gambling has taken over. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap and Dive.